0: Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chadwick. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle-Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today, Karen welcomes Dr. Angela Kusumano to the show for part one of their discussion on the impact of divorce on attachment. Part two will be released on Tuesday, January 19th
1: hello everybody and welcome back to the attachment theory in action podcast I'm looking forward to interviewing my guest today and sharing the interview with you. Um, I am going to be speaking with Dr. Angela Cusimano, and let me give you a little bit of background about her. She has a PhD in counseling psychology from the University of North Texas, and she has specialty training in marriage and family therapy. Her doctoral dis- dissertation, studied the effects of parental conflict on children's well-being and how a strong bond between a parent and child can protect kids from the negative effects of conflict. Um, so Dr. Cusimano is going to be talking with us today about the impact of divorce on attachment and children. So I'm looking forward to the interview and uh, she will be here with us in just a a minute. Well, hey everybody, I'm here with Dr. Angela Cusimano and um, we are going to be talking about the impact of divorce on children and, and attachment relationships. So Dr. Cusimano, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know you're you're joining us from uh, Florida. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. North so <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're we we uh, I'm in South Carolina. So nice that we're we're both on the same time zone this morning. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, so you know, I did let listeners know a bit about your background, that you're a psychologist, and, um, you know, also some of your more formal training, Uh, but I often like to ask folks I interview, what's your informal background? Like, what drew you to this work? And you can answer that um, in terms of being a psychologist in general or to this particular topic, however you want to share about that. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, yesterday being
2: Father's Day and me chatting with my dad about, um, you know, our history and the divorce itself, actually, my parents' divorce. And, um, you know, he kind of remembered that, you know, oh, you wanted to become a psychologist because of the divorce, right? You know, and that's something that he said to me yesterday. And I'm like, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think... um, my mom was very, you know, forward thinking at the time, you know, they divorced in 1989, which, you know, divorce was becoming a little more common at that time. I was nine years old. Um, you know, my mom was very proactive and got us into, you know, um, counseling right away with a psychologist. And, um, I just remember that being, you know, again, one, maybe from an attachment perspective, like a very secure thing in my life at that time, you know, with a lot of change and chaos, um, and I just remember thinking, you know, even at eight and nine years old, like, how cool is it that somebody gets to have a job, you know, where they help kids and families, you know, go through tough times. And so, honestly, I've I've known, and you know, it sounds a little odd because I don't know that most nine-year-olds want to become psychologists, but you know, I've pretty much known since that time that you know I wanted to make a difference in some way, and um, you know, because of my positive experiences, um, you know, going through you know, my parents' divorce and, and having the support of a psychologist at the time, I was just like, wow, how cool, you know, this is what I want to do with my life, you know? So, yeah. Um,
1: so, yep, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's definitely, I think, uh, those of us in this field are, are aware that we are often drawn to this work, uh, as a result of our own history. Sometimes that's conscious as yours is, and sometimes that's unconscious, um, which I think can be a little more complicated um, to deal with. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so interesting. So uh, one of the things that I was thinking about with this topic um, is that it's one of these topics where I feel it's a little controversial to talk about uh, because many of us have experienced divorce. It actually reminded me as I was thinking about this and researching and reading some of your information, Uh, it sort of reminds me of the research about childcare and the impact on attachment and how you know it's very politically incorrect to really even talk about any of that it's even Mm -hmm. almost destroyed the career of some attachment researchers who've worked on it um, because people don't want to hear some of the information in those studies so we have these certain issues that are political Uh, (laughs) That you know we don't really want to talk about, especially in a negative light, and I thought about that with divorce, you know I think that there was this prevailing idea um, that well it's really better to get a divorce because the impact of whatever's going on in the relationship will negatively impact the children, and, and so like it's just a no-brainer that's what once we got beyond the cultural thing of you just don't get a divorce Um, and then it seemed like the pendulum swung a little bit the other way that just there's a there's a toll here this does take an impact this does have an impact I mean it does take a toll so could you just share with us just to start out some of the literature in general about the impact of divorce on kids
2: Sure, yeah. Um, You know, it makes me think of a book that was written, I don't know the the date, but, you know, the legacy of divorce, right? Um, And, you know, I think very much, excuse me, I think very much it can become a legacy. I mean, I think of... You know, you're right. There there has been a quite a swing in that. um, You know, we went from I think thinking that you know getting a divorce kind of releases the the pressure valve in the family system, right? So if there's a lot of conflict and um, especially like. you know, borderline kind of abusive type conflict between parents that that actually it's that conflict that's more harmful than the divorce itself. Um, and so that's, that was, again, kind of pushing for this concept of, of divorce, right? Just go ahead and break up because you're fighting and, and you're causing, you know, psychological problems anyway to, um, you know, like you were mentioning, um, you know, the other side of things where, you know, we have to look at it from, you know, this is a, the divorce is a shattering of the family system, right? I mean, essentially all the all the pieces are kind of being separated, and um, I think historically moms get the get full custody, right? And dads get you know partial custody. Obviously, there's there's some exceptions to that rule depending on how each parent is functioning and, and how they're able to financially support um, the kids, but. Um, you know, essentially the, the whole family system is like erupting, right? And everybody's kind of moving into different places. And, um, you know, for kids, that's a, you know, that's a complete disruption to their their life, right? As kids, you know, our, our world is our parents um, up until a certain age. Um, and so it's kind of like this displacement of, um, you know, our, our lives, you know, from you know, one cohesive system, everybody's in the same house to like multiple homes. And then, you know, you add in the the idea of you know, parents remarrying and getting, you know, step siblings and things like that. So it's a very, you know, complicated
1: issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know sometimes studies are interpreted in different <laughs> different ways. I mean, we, we want research to be objective, but are there a few pieces of uh, research that you think objectively point out some specific factors that we should be aware of?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, what I tend to lean on more is probably, you know, maybe the, the one end of the pendulum where um, you know, again, I think parents still today believe that you know divorce is more harmful than the conflict itself, right? So I tend to lean on, um, you know, just at least in my approach to to therapy and, and coaching, is that you know, really, you know, it depends. You know, that's the that's a psycho- psychological explanation for a lot of things, right? But, <laughs> um again like if the conflict is high and if it's um you know recurrent and chronic and you know it's it's a high stress kind of high pressure cooker environment that's actually going to be more harmful than you know again parents separating and um you know having you know having that separation between the parents um so I tend to lean on you know that kind of research because I do believe that um, you know, we hear even still today, parents are like, well, we're staying together for the kids or we're staying together until they're 18. And then we're gonna, you know, and it's like, well, whether you, you know, separate now or at 18, it's, you know, it's kind of the same kind of the same thing, right? So are you going to expose them to more conflict and more um, animosity and, and resentment or, or less, really?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then there's, of course, these situations where, uh, kids might think it it came out of the blue, like the parents were really shut down with each other and maybe very emotionally distant um and but there wasn't like a lot of high conflict there there wasn 't big arguments there wasn't you know throwing things, and of course we're aware that that distance between um parents you know even even though the kids may not be verbalizing it or say, it feels like it seems like it came out of nowhere that that can have an impact. But, you know, there are those situations where it's not highly conflictual, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I guess the other thing I was thinking about with what you were sharing is, and I'm sure you'll talk about this later in some of your clinical work and kind of services you're offering, but young adults or even middle-aged adults saying this divorce really affected me like it, it does it, you know I really have this has had an impact on me even though it didn't happen to me as a child I was out of the home I had my own family but this really had an impact mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. Definitely. the other thing um, I wonder if you could speak to is divorce made it to the adverse child experiences uh scale before i'm not sure scale is the right word for that i forget but anyway um and i remember when a lot of that literature started coming out and people were learning about it and reading about it and this incredible link between adverse childhood experiences and actual physical health and all of that. And I, you know, you, you'd read, you would read through them. And I think a lot of us had a little of a, Oh, when we saw divorce, you know, and I, I think it's that idea that um, I think there's two things going on there, but I'd like to hear what you think, you know, one, um, tendency because it is a common thing and maybe you have experienced it yourself or as a child you sort of want to minimize it or maybe not really see it as an adverse or traumatic thing Um, so I think that there could be that there but then I think there's also the the idea of wow there's some really horrible things in that list that can happen to people does this really like rank you know there so what are some of your thoughts on that sure you have plenty.
2: <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think, again, like as a society, we believe that if things are common, that they're not damaging, right? And um, I don't yeah. necessarily know that that is true, you know, and I, and I think, you know, I, I can see that from different perspectives, right? I can see that from um, the perspective of divorcing parents who, you know, don't necessarily want to see or acknowledge that, you know, what they're doing could be potentially damaging. Right? I think for right. the most part, it's it's not a parent's intention to, you know, psychologically damage their their children. Right? And so I right. think there's a little bit of like self preservation, self protection, you know, on that viewpoint. But I can yes. also see, you know, again from the perspective of the kids. You know, again, it is a shattering of of their world as they know it, right? And and it's not just that. Um, you know, I think like the other events on the Aces list, it's it can be somewhat of a chronic thing, right? It's not like the divorce papers are signed and then you know we're all done, right? This is like you're starting kind of a you know years and decades of. You know, life changes that that result from that one event, right? And that, you know, it can be, can have kind of a chronic, again, repetitive impact um, on kids and just their understanding of, okay, who their parents are and were, um, you know, relationships in general, who to trust, who not to trust. And again, if you have any, continuing conflict between the parents after the divorce or you know sometimes that um you know parents wanting to get kids to take sides right i mean there's a lot of um you know there could be a lot of future impact in in just that one event and we like to think of it as just one event but it really is kind of a series of events um right before before during and after right
1: right yeah it's a lifelong Change, you know, um, yeah, yeah. I really am intrigued. I know it's not specific to divorce, but your statement—it's its hanging in my brain that sometimes we think just because something is common, it's not harmful. That's really a profound statement. It's got you know, the other half of my brain is like ticking back there with that statement. Thank you for that. Um, so. I'm a big fan of Mary Peiffer. Um I think her most famous book is reviving Ophelia. Um, but I remember her writing some things about divorce and I'd like to, I have two quotes from her and I'd like to share both of them and kind of get your reaction to each one separately. Um, they're, they're, Interrelated. So here's one thing she says. Adolescence is a time when children are supposed to move away from parents who are holding firm and protective behind them. When the parents disconnect, the children have no base to move away from or return to. They aren't ready to face the world alone. With divorce, Adolescents feel abandoned, and they are outraged at that abandonment. They are angry at both parents for letting them down. Often they feel that their parents broke the rules, and so now they can too. What's your reaction to that Uh, quote? (laughs) yeah i mean i think
2: you know um you know those of us in the field we acknowledge that you know adolescence is already a very tumultuous time right both you know emotionally psychologically and i think this is a time also when you know the focus may shift from the parents to you know peers and and friends as the the attachment figures right um but you know however kids you know, I think I, I agree with a lot of what she says and that kids definitely need to know that mom and dad are going to be there, you know, when they get home from hanging out with friends and doing teen things, right? And then if again, mom or dad or both aren't home, you know, I kind of just think of this, you know, anecdotally, really, um, you know, how are they supposed to know that, you know, how are they supposed to get that feedback that they're okay, that what they did, the, what they did or what they're doing is okay, right? It's kind of like a feedback loop, um, you know, pa- you know, peers and friends are going to be pulling them on in one direction, but parents are really, again, that that base to which, um, teens are making decisions, you know, about some pretty big things, right? You know, drug and alcohol experimentation, right? First, first loves, and you know, sexual encounters, right? I mean, there's a lot of big life decisions happening at that that time frame, and I, I do agree that it's a time where kids really need to know, like, what they're doing is okay, whether or not they actually, you know, follow, um, you know, what parents think or, or not. Again, I think that that structure. Um, needs to be there, right, in order to, again, you know, protect, you know, protect them from things that they shouldn't be exposed to. And, you know, again, maybe like a safety net kind of um, thing where they they know that mom and dad are going to be there to talk with them, you know, through the things that they're, the changes that they're experiencing and the you know, that maybe the first time experiences that they're having at that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let me just being able to draw on all your expertise in this area. I'd like, I would like to get another reaction from you. Here's another one. Adolescents, immature thinking makes it difficult for them to process divorce. They tend to see things in black and white terms and have trouble putting things into perspective. They're absolute in their judgments and expect perfection in parents. They're likely to be self-conscious about their parents' failures and critical of their every move. They have the expectations that parents will keep them safe, and happy and are shocked by the broken cover, covenant. Adolescents are unforgiving. I was like, whoa. <laughs> that's that's hard. Those are harsh, harsh realities, no matter what you're dealing with or going through as a parent, aren't they?
2: Right. Definitely. Yeah. A little little demonizing there, right? <laughs> but again, I mean, for for anyone who's raised, you know, an adolescent or a teen, you know, you could definitely see things from that perspective and you know, I just, it makes me think of my, my clinical work working with teens and adolescents over the years. You know, I think I've seen the the whole spectrum, right? I've seen, you know, teens and adolescents that really do rely on their parents to be that secure base and, and help inform their decisions. And then, you know, I can honestly think of, of a teen client that I had that in the past that really does mimic all of those characteristics, right? I mean, she really has, um, has had high expectations for her parents and, you know, holds them to a certain standard. And, you know, again, I think we can all reflect that we hold high standards for others when we ha- hold high standards for ourselves. Right. Yes. And, you know, especially when we're not meeting those standards that were that we've set for ourselves, you know, then we tend to kind of externalize that and say, well, you're not doing, you know, what I, what I hoped you would be doing, right? And um, especially with families with multiple kids, right? And some of them, maybe multiple teens in one household. I mean, how, how could we expect, you know, parents to, to do, to go through that process perfectly, right? And raising, raising teens in and of itself is kind of a war zone. Yes. Um, and you know if you have multiple teens in one household i mean that's a lot that's a lot to manage i think for parents
1: yes yes yeah it is um so i know that um, your background includes st- study yourself and involvement with other mentors related specifically to attachment, and this is the Attachment Theory at Action podcast, and so I would like um, if you could share a bit of the information specific to attachment and how you see that relating to divorce and playing into this, this whole process, this um, discussion about kids and divorce.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean I think of um, you know, John Bowlby, right? I and mean, the initial attachment theory and, and this concept of a secure base and you know parents being really that secure base and um, again, the the kids knowing, you know, from from a certain perspective that that mom, dad, um, you know, are going to be there when they need them, right? Um, for basic needs, um, as opposed, you know, as you know, in addition to emotional and psychological needs, and um, you know, I, I very much think think of attachment and divorce as a. As kind of a multi-phase process, right? You have the pre-divorce phase where, you know, an attachment relationship is developed with both parents. And then you have like the, the during, you know, during divorce phase, right? When, you know, the the court things are happening and legal things are happening and, you know, certain messages are being communicated to kids about the process and and how that's being communicated and, and the attachment relationship to one or both parents may start to shift at that point. Right. I mean, one parent may, have already left the home, right? The separation may have already happened, um, and you know, depending on how parents decide to um, manage that process, I mean, sometimes in, in there's some cases where one parent, you know, moves out of the house and there's you know no contact with the kids for for a long time, right? So kids are left wondering, like, okay, you know, what what's going on with mom or dad, and you know, are they going to come back? And so I think you know that can really start to force them to question okay you know was mom or dad really the secure person that that i thought they were right and if they've just kind of upped and vanished and you know i haven't heard from them in, in days or weeks right you know is this somebody that i can really rely on and it it i think it impacts you know it makes me think of like internal working model of relationships, right? I mean, it it, it impacts their view of, okay, will this parent be there for me when I need them to? Um, And then, you know, the post-divorce phase when maybe people are moving or, you know, the house is changing and, um, you know, the different moving pieces there. And, you know, does that parent return to, to take care of the kids, you know, or is there some kind of custodial arrangement that's made where kids spend time with both parents and, you know, everything kind of is seamless at that point. And then, you know, the attachment has an opportunity to be, um, you know, reevaluated, Right. And if that other parent is, you know, back in the picture and, and um, you know, picks the kids up when they say they're going to pick the kids up. Right. And just like really simple daily things like that. Right. Like, you know, is dad going to pick us up on time? Or, you know, is he not, right? Um, Even the little events like that can have an impact on, you know, a child's view of their parent. And if they're a reliable source of, um, you know, just not only physical presence, but, you know, emotional and psychological presence. And I think admittedly, parents are in their own emotional process during all those phases right so they may not be completely you know i guess i'd like to say emotionally available to the kids right to to be there for their needs because you know again they're the dust is settling in their own minds and they're they're trying to figure out their next moves
1: yes yeah yeah really Really helpful commentary on some of that. So I see, though, know, we are at uh, about halfway, that about the halfway point in our talk. So listeners, I really hope that you will join us. Um, next week for part two of this discussion about um, the impact of divorce on childhood relationships and attachment with Dr. Um, Angela Cusimano, and we'll be talking about some more practical application of these ideas in terms of ways that you can handle a divorce more or less effectively, and I know a big question that I am often asked that we'll talk about is visitation custody these kind of arrangements so join us next week
0: thank you for joining us for this edition of attachment theory in action please follow our site tkcchattuck.org or subscribe on apple Podcasts, google play spotify or podbean for future podcasts if you enjoyed our podcast please leave a review and share with your professional network for additional resources training opportunities and blogs please log on to tkcchattuck.org We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption trauma and attachment theory.